hey, what's up? We're back over here now. Um, before the episode begins, I just want to just touch on a couple of things. Since the last episode of the podcast was approximately five weeks ago, um, at one point, I thought that I was going to actually kill the entire podcast. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I was just a little bit burnt out with the whole social media aspect of it and posting and posting and posting and posting. It's just, you know, I, I know that now in 2021 that the social media aspect of promoting anything is a must. I can't stand it. Um, I'll be the first one to complain about everyone getting off of their phone and getting, you know, just living life like in, you know, real life. But there I am, you know, being a hypocrite and posting and posting and this and that. Listen, I, I love doing the podcast. Um, I always have. It's always been a lot of fun. It's, um, I guess you could say it's a passion project for a little over three and a half years now, pretty consistently. So um, I decided to, you know, take a little bit of a hiatus, I mean, a solid month, you know, and then some just to, I don't know, unwind from it all or whatever. Um, you know, it's just, it just became too much. So I just needed a break. Um, I feel like I deserve the break. You know, like I said, three and a half years, every single Friday consistently, I'm dropping episodes creating flyers and promoting and you know i also um i had the dark satellite media podcast network and um you know it's a shame i, I wanted to, i wanted it to grow i wanted to i wanted it to become something um you know i'm partially to blame i guess um i really didn't promote it as much as i maybe i should have but then again that that consists of me being on the phone more and doing all of that stuff so you know, reluctantly, you know, I, I kind of killed it off. Um, I did um, just posting and just, you know, uh, you know, everybody else's podcast. And, and, and it's not, I don't have anything against any of the podcasts whatsoever. I listen to all of them still. And, you know, like I said, I'm being redundant here. I just I was just tired of just social media, you know. Um, so, like I said, I decided to take off a month. And um, I'm back. Um, it will most likely be, you know, still consistently weekly. Um, if there is a time where, you know, I, I might take a week off here and there. Um, but the podcast isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, at least not anytime soon. Um, I always said that if it feels like work, I'm going to kill it. Um, for a minute, I think it did feel like work because I'm a little bit OCD when it comes to certain things and being consistent, um, which is, you know, I created that all in my own head. Basically, uh, you know, if I put it out every Friday, it has to be every Friday. It has to be every Friday. And next thing you know, it's three and a half years later and I'm constantly staring at my friggin' jerk off phone. But um, so, like I said, once again, I took a little of a break, a little bit of a break and um, I'm back, you know, this entire time, after these, you know, the, over the course of these several weeks, I've been recording and creating flyers. I just haven't been posting anything, um, at least not much podcast related. 
So uh, with that said, I felt like I just didn't want to just give you guys an explanation of where I've been. If you didn't already know, if you're not a friend of mine on Facebook, on my personal page, or if you're not a member of the group or on the Instagram or whatever, but um, just wanted to just fill you in on what's going on. But um, listen, um, go to Instagram and just follow at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. The link is in the bio for everywhere where the podcast is. And listen, still support. Please support the 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 podcast that we're on the Dark Satellite Media um, Network, um, Ill Street News, Red River Podcast, Turnbuckle Throwbacks, The Cinema Salon, um, Everyone But Us, um, The New Breed Podcast. Um, you know, they're all they're all these guys do these things for for the fun and the love of it. So support all of them guys. And uh, without further ado, here is uh, episode 228 with uh, the one and only Warren Lee. We get into some cool shit. Great dude. Hope you guys enjoy. I'm over here now. I'm over here now. I was over there. Now I'm over here. Sure. I'll bring all my shoes and my, my glasses with me. So I have them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with the OGs on the block to see the terror Eating pasta, primavera, feeding cock to be together People never know the wild shit we might say Grew up on Eddie Murphy, Jerky Boys, and Dice Play. I've been waking up nights, screaming Brooklyn Blast podcast Mama took my porn mags, Jergens, and it's all frags Easy when we talking about Mr. Ferrari Cause we go way back when we used to play Atari Sparked weed, taking shots like the Fratelli's RV Doing donuts in the parking lot at Arby's Car keys, now you can't leave, lock the door Please, Jimmy's on a mission. Time to start the intervention. Let's go. Episode 228 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast with my man, Warren Lee. How you doing? I, I'm great, man. All right. Thank I'm going to run. Dude, thanks for your time, man. I was like, you know what? Let me just hit, let me hit you up and see if you were down because you have a very, well, we'll get into everything from early hardcore scene to the things you wound up doing and things you're currently doing. So I'm like, I got to talk to this guy because I'm sure you have stories. Bro. I got an event. I have, I've had an adventurous life. So I, I can only imagine. <laughs> so I can only imagine. So just to, just to scratch the surface, I'm going to say founder and owner of Pitchfork Hardware. One, one of the owners. There's one. Three Yep. One of the owners, um, correct me also if I'm wrong, you're a, a sales rep of sorts of Richter Straps. Yep, Richter Straps out of Germany. They make really cool shit. Yeah. Um, now, former and current, we're going to lump everything together. Guitar tech for Slayer, which is just ridiculous in and of itself. Seven Dust, Meshuggah, Atreyu. Base tech for Rob Zombie, uh, stage manager for Rancid, former stage manager for one of my favorites, VOD. Um, I'm going to take it way back. Former member of the band Out of Line from Queens. Damn, all right. You're, you're, all right I'm taking it back, deep, bro. You're, I, you're going deep, man. Study, right. I studied my lessons a little bit. <laughs> and now... Also, former bass player for 25 to Life. Can we even mention yeah. that nowadays? <laughs> yeah, we can mention that, you know. All I mean, right. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, the guy, the guy, the guy's a little controversial right now. Uh, I, I pay no attention to him. And, uh, no, you can't. Time, right? Yeah, yeah so. you can't. So, but I had to bring that up because, listen, man, I, I'll be honest, you know, a, 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 you know, that guy lost his marbles a long time ago. Everybody knows that. And now there's a lot of people that I know who used to love that band, but now it's like the trendy thing to hate that band because of him. But listen, I'll be honest with you, way back, like that friendship, loyalty, commitment, keeping it real, the demo stuff, I used to rock that shit constantly. Yeah, I mean, I love that shit back in the day. It was a, it was a, it was a fun error. I came in after uh, Frankie, the original bass player, left, right? So mm-hmm. I ended up doing most of the, the tour, right? right? With that band. You know what I mean? So it was about, I think, two or three years I was in that band, and we, we fucking played everywhere, right? We did up and down the East Coast, uh, Japan, California, fucking everywhere. We ended up as far west as Ohio, I think, right? And okay. I remember we, we played Ohio, and uh, I couldn't, I had to wait, in the, we rented like a truck to get out there, and I had to wait in a truck because I wasn't old enough to, to go in a bar, right? I was 20. Okay. You know what I mean? So they wouldn't let me in. They let me to play the show, and then I had to leave, right? It was funny. <laughs> we all hung out in the truck that day instead of the venue, right? So, yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the first thing you were on, you were on the Keeping It Real seven inch, right? Mm, I, no, I was on just the the CD, the the one from We Bite. I, I don't, I don't think. Well, you know what? I think I might have played on one of the live releases, right, or something. I, I, listen, I, you should know better than I do. <laughs> I know. You know what? I really, I fucking forgot. That was so long ago. I don't. I, there were so many recordings and whatever, you know. Oh, I don't think yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I only remember recording uh, bass for Keeping It Real. Right? We were in the studio for that. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> maybe the other shit was live I was part of, right? Or, okay. You know, the Creepy Crawl creepy crawl, 12 Inch or something. Yeah. And then there was a couple other releases. But yeah, I don't think I played on, on the 7 Inch. Yeah, because back then, I mean, listen, you guys, you, 25 to Life was, you were, I mean, for the hardcore scene and representing New York hardcore, you guys were a big fucking band back then. Yeah, I mean, what, yes, what, all over the place, man. You know, give credit where credit's due because that's when maybe maybe it was lying dormant, his craziness, but <laughs> it was there. It was always there. It was, it was always yeah. there. It just reared its ugly head whenever it did. But yeah. uh but um yeah, I don't think people get at the time like we were like every label wanted to sign us, right? You know, Roadrunner, uh Blast, Central Media, every label approached us at one point, right? So yeah. we just never went that route. And by the time we like we really could have went that route and should have went that route. Uh, I left the band because dude didn't want to go that route, right? So right, it's <laughs> I'm not chasing my tail, running around a circle. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking crazy. So now, yeah. now I, I this is one question I do kind of ask the majority of people. What was that? But I mean, obviously, before Twenty Five to Life and before Adeline, what was that? Like you grew up, you grew up in Queens, right? Yeah, Forest Hills. So, Forest Middle Village. Okay. So, what was your? Everybody usually has and remembers that that point where you discovered punk rock or hardcore or their first ever show. Mm-hmm. Like, what what was it that made you well, open your eyes to this? Two, two points. There was two points, right? The right. First time someone handed me um, South Heaven from Slayer. Sick. Okay. Right? So right. I, I heard that and I was like, okay, because I was listening to maybe the heaviest thing I was listening to before that was was in the tower, right? You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and then, um, so that, so that, once I heard that record, 
I've discovered rain blood, right? You know what I mean? And then just started, you know, going into metal, right? So I got yeah. into to that. And then when I was mostly from that, I got into a lot of death metal. Okay. And, uh, I was at a Cannibal Corpse obit- or obituary Cannibal Corpse Agnostic Front show at the Ritz, right? Okay. And it, it was the one voice that I heard, right? And, and Agnostic Front came out and played, and I was just like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, this is crazy. The Roger, like, I just found out prison like i was like oh, what is this yeah, like, that's, this, yo, this that's is crazy like, one voice is like shit man yeah like, I, mean? I, I saw that sod reunion and they put out that live thing live at budokan i was there yeah i was, I there. Mean, I was there too man where billy fucking jumps off, jumps the, off the speaker yep ridiculous and that lineup yeah, was yeah. crazy yeah skull mask with a cigar yeah. hanging out yeah. and uh that lineup was ignite it was morbid angel agnostic front Yep. SOD. Crazy lineup. Yeah, I was there too. Yeah, yeah man. You know, Legendary like, show. Yeah, it was like, wow. All right. You know, that bodies on bodies on bodies yeah. on bodies. You couldn't move, man. Yeah, and then and then from that point on, I discovered, wait a minute, I live in New York City, the home of hardcore, right? New York hardcore. Sure. So show instead of waiting for you know national touring metal metal bands to come through, I could go to a hardcore show three times a week, right? So mm-hmm. I started delving into that world and that's kind of where I stuck, right? So CB's matinees, of course. Yeah, CB's Bond Street, uh Wetlands, Coney Island High, and fucking list goes on, right? So there was yeah. like, a huge error, you know what I mean? So sure. Uh, a lot of fun shows back then. So oh yeah, see I kicked myself in the ass because I mean it wasn't like my fault, but I joined the service. I joined the Air Force in in like 90 in 96. So I missed a lot of Coney Island high era. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? I miss a chunk of the wetlands era. Like, so like I, I've heard a billion stories and I'm just like, damn man, I can't, I wish I could say I was there. I just wasn't there for like four years. I was like kind of gone. I would still listen to music and shit, but I'm like in Alaska, I'm in New Mexico. There's yeah. no hardcore scene in fucking Anchorage, Alaska. Dude. Yeah, you know that, what I mean? that, that's what, uh, that's what my, ended up, my, my brother ended up doing, right? He joined the Marines. He was gone. I would send him tapes all the time. I would send him music, right? And then when he came back, that's when he started, like, you know, getting into shows and going to shows, right? So Yeah. So now, now you start going into that. So, so let's, let's get it to out of line, bro. <laughs> like, what, like, how'd that little thing happen? So, uh, at that point, before I got into hardcore, I was playing in a metal band, right? You know right. I mean, but I mean, you know, just a basement jamming, whatever. No, not, never played any shows, whatever. I think we put out a demo or something, whatever. Yeah. And uh, and then being from Forest Hills, I ended up meeting these younger kids, like I guess the generation that was kind of younger than me. Um, and they were doing hardcore stuff, right? And that's right when I got in, started getting into hardcore. So I ended up, you know, <clears throat> linking up with those guys. It was me and the drummer and we ended up getting the, the other guys, right? The two guitar players and the singer. The two Daves and Steve. Right. Okay. And then it was Mike. Mike was a drummer and I played bass. And then uh, <clears throat> we started jamming. And that's how Out of Line formed. Right. So that was still probably my favorite band because, <clears throat> uh, nah, you know what? Between them and 25 Life, it was, you know, both bands had, it was fun. Out of Line yeah. was very fun because I was, we were able to create music together. That was the fun. You know, we only played like six or seven shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I know. One demo, whatever. Right. So, sure. Yeah, you know, and I want to make it like a point. Like there was an out of line Brooklyn, and we did have sort of a battle, and those guys definitely backed out, 
right? We played the show and they bounced. They were supposed to play after us. They didn't. I just took that as a sign, right? Of course. Yeah, you won. Of course. Yeah, we if you Google or whatever, Adeline, it's always in parentheses Queens. It's always yeah. just to decipher yeah. the two. Yep. Yeah, man. So now after 25 of life, what did you wind up doing band-wise? Anything? No. I, I right after I left 25 to life, um, I left because Bait I left because Beto left, the guitar player left. Right. right. Once he left, I was like, all right, this is no more fun. I'm out. Harry had left, you know what I mean? See it. Have fun. You're going that way, I'm going this way. Right. And then uh, I basically called up uh, Tim from VOD and was like, hey, I'm around. I used to miss all their shows all the time. So, hey, let me know when you guys are playing. I'll come out and hang. And right. he basically started telling me, like, you know, they need a guy. So I was like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll do it, you know. And oh, I ended yeah. up doing it, right? And I ended up sticking with them for like three years or whatever. Yeah, like, this right? is early VOD, like first record type shit? This, I jumped on at the end of the tail record tail cycle for the first record and then uh, i did the majority of the second record which of imprint. imprint yeah no that that I, green drip that first record that imprint that that green drip record the first one yeah. it's still to this day man that shit it it, it aged perfectly like yeah it, I, I i have don't i got beef with the mix on that, that do you record. oh yeah, bro i, I got fucking love mix. that record and i'm the, and i'll be the first one to say like i don't like like I can't even tell you. Like, there's there's the bands that it's crazy heavy and he's screaming his head off and then he starts to sing. Like, I usually hate that shit. But that first record where Tim, he pulls that shit off perfectly and it's yeah. probably in my, it's probably, that record's probably in my top 10 quote-unquote hardcore records ever. Yeah, the material I, is, the, the material is great, but it's overproduced, I think. And, and it, the, the guitars are way too low to mix. You think so? The guitars up in the mix. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just my personal opinion, right? Oh so yeah, that's right. Opinion, I hear you. You know, but yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people think that Imprint is their greatest record. I like it. I don't think it compares to the first one. Imprint's so different than the first. It's one. so different. Yeah. It's yeah. so noisy. It's very noisy and erratic. It's tuned down too. I think too. So yeah. It's, it's like you know. Whoa, these guys went like it was a heavy direction, right? You know what I mean? Sure. It was almost like I think it was misunderstood that record. I think so too. Yeah. It's a ve very, very different from one to the other. Because when I first heard Imprint, I was just like, "Whoa!" Like it took me back for a second. Like, what are they doing here? And then it grew on me. At first, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm feeling this. And then it grew on me a little bit because it is so different. Yeah, it went like if you look at like you know Tim. In pictures of him in the first record and then look at pictures in the second record mm. was a big change right so big change. it had to do with it you know what i mean so it yeah. just went in a, a in a darker direction for a little bit but heavier right so yeah so you told you told with them for for several years huh all over the place yeah. uh yeah you know what i think we did I do i just did the states with them just the u.s bunch of tours the u.s like Anthony, oh, okay tour. it was my first bus tour with them right so Right. It was crazy. We, I mean, we, uh, we did, <laughs> we did like, I want to say like three or four months straight almost, right? Oh, like shit. Yeah, it was crazy. Just living on top of each other in a van? Yeah, we were, we started out, it like, it was a gradual process. We started out in a van and trailer, then we ended up getting an RV and trailer, then we graduated to a bus, right? So. And there you go. Yeah, but I think that was the only bus tour after them, right? You know, so. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I listen. I I give all these road dogs and these touring bands that are fucking in a van and they're all over just sleeping on top of each other. I don't know if I could do that, man. I fucking cannibalize somebody quick. It's 
depends on how, how well you get along with people in your band. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but he could be the greatest dude ever, but then, you know, you're in a you fucking camp. I'd go in a van right now. Would you? Oh. Well, yeah. Well, well, you're like a seasoned veteran, bro. You know the ins and the outs. But I would, I would still go in a van. Like, that doesn't bother you. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'd start, I, it's been probably a while now, but I would go, like, in between tours, I would do map ball stuff in the van. You know, I'd go, go out with them for two weeks, right? Yeah. yeah whatever. You know, I didn't care. Yeah, fuck it. It was fun, whatever. It was, yeah, you know, it was fucking fun, dude. Of course. The point of, the, the, the point of touring was, to, you know, to be out on tour and to see live music, right? So whether yeah. you're in a bus or a van, you get to do that. So obviously the bus is a lot more comfortable, you know? Oh, you think? <laughs> a little bit. Fuck, <laughs> oh, man. Shit. And now, all right. So now after, after the VOD thing, I mean, were you doing stuff... In between that, like, like if if you were off the road from VOD, were you like? Uh, yeah, I was, I was working a regular job. I was working a regular job. Like, I would come home from that. I, I came home from that tour. Uh, that three or four month stretch broke out of my fucking. You know what I mean? Of course. I was, like, yeah. So I would like. I remember like coming home and like going to work the next day. Oh, like, that know? must have been miserable though. You must have been so. Mi- oh. I was happy to make money, right? But yeah, it was like, oh man, this is like wow. I just went from that to this, like you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's got to be, like, fucked up. Yeah. So now, how far... All right, so so we're talking... All right, so if, if it's imprint time frame, so we're talking late 90s, right? Because yeah, the, first, the, like the first, one, first one came out 95-ish. 97, 98, I want to say, was that era that I was with them, right? Okay. Yeah, 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 that makes sense if it's, if it's the beginning of the imprint record. Yeah. So then, so then, who did you, who did you work with next? I mean, listen, everybody knows if you don't, if people who are listening or watching don't know, like you have friends with throughout the entire hardcore scene, and and you're you're well known. I'm gonna say, you know what I mean, and you have a million friends, and you know all the Madball guys and the AF guys. I'm, hey, I'm Instagram famous, dog. <laughs> oh God! Hey, can you believe that in 2021, in 2021, that's actually a fucking real thing? Hey, man, if, whatever you know, just yeah. Friend, right? Just yeah, friend, whatever. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just so weird, man. Um, I have a long history in in the New York hardcore scene. That's you know, that's where I started. That that's where my roots are. Yeah. Um, so once VOD kind of that dried up, I, don't, I remember. I don't remember exactly what happened, but. It just, you know, whatever. I moved on. They, whatever it was, they stayed, like, they stopped touring or, you know, mm-hmm. their schedule was sporadic or whatever it was. I ended up uh, going, man, I think I did a, one tour with Sick of It All. Wow. Right? One of my uh, fucking favorites ever, man. Yeah. And it was with Slayer. <clears throat> so that's when oh. I first met Slayer guys. That was 99, right? Okay. I think, I had done, I think maybe I did H2O after VOD for a little bit, right? Um, okay. Uh, man, Biohazard, maybe, or no, Biohazard was after Sick of It All. So it was H2O, then Sick of It All. I did the, the one tour with them, which was with Slayer. I ended up becoming friends with the, the crew and the band. Right. Um, I moved on to work for Biohazard, and we ended up doing another Slayer tour in Europe. The, but the crew was different, but the, obviously the same band. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they remembered me, became re- reconnected with those guys again. Yeah, what, what, what did you do with the biohazard guys? Were you guitar tech? I was, uh, yeah, I was bass tech, guitar tech, stage manager. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I took boy, Evan. Evan. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Evan and, uh, and Billy. And was Bobby in the band at that time? Probably not. No, I was thinking it was uh, the guy, a guy named Leo Curley. Leo Curley, took, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I took care of Leo and Evan, right? Okay. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, that was probably shit. Matileo record, maybe? Yeah, that was. No, no, it was Uncivilization. Okay, yeah, so the one after that. All right. All right so now I'm just painting a picture in my head of time frame wise. So they, so they were on tour with Slayer, and obviously Slayer was the same band, so different crew, but yeah. you already knew them. And obviously, yeah. they remembered you. That's cool. Yeah, they, they, that was cool. I didn't expect them to. Yeah. Um, Jeff and Tom, like, you know, they really, they, they took a liking to me, right? So, um, and then uh, after Biohazard, fuck, man, I think, uh, oh, after Biohazard, I ended up doing Hatebreed, right? Linked up with Hatebreed. Okay. Um, and I ended up sticking with them for like three years, a long time. So Hatebreed at that point is blowing the fuck up. Yeah, I, I, I jumped on right at the tail end of um, Perseverance Cycle. Oh, yeah, it was like, you know, it was, it was fucking <laughs> right? so, crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then um, I stuck with them for, for three years or something. I did like, man, I want to say two records, two record cycles, right? So, yeah, so it's Perseverance and Rise of Brutality. I did that whole cycle. And then the next one, I think, I think I jumped up uh, right before they started. Supremacy. supremacy. Yeah, I think before they put that record out, I jumped up. Okay, all right. I ended up with Hazel Street. A fucking, such an underrated fucking unsung band, man. Yeah. People the didn't, they didn't get it, right? Because they're just saying it wasn't heavy enough. It wasn't heavy enough, but it wasn't supposed to be Madball. It wasn't, it was supposed to be. Uh, it was supposed it was, to be something different. Yeah. Right? And, they took the, and it was something different and it was really good. You know? Yeah. So, but yeah, people was, are expecting yeah. one thing and they're like, I don't know. It's a great yeah. record, man. It's a great yeah, record. I love that record, right? So yeah, I, you know, again, it's a I have personal connection to it. You know what I mean? So well, it's a good record, right? You're a little, you're a little biased, but I'm yeah. not biased. But you know, it's it's a great record. It's yeah. different, and what, what the you know, Vinny, Vinny Stigma says it. I'm gonna butcher it though. Shout out to Vinny Stigma; he's the fucking best ever. Um, oh, oh my god, I had him on here a couple of times. This is hilarious. The whole time, I'm just laughing. Yeah. He's, yeah. I just look at him, he just makes a face and it's, not, it's fucking funny. But um, he even says it like in an interview or something, he's like, oh, you know, how come like this album, you know, it doesn't sound like the last one. It doesn't sound like the last one. And he's like, listen, if you want to fucking listen to fucking, if you want a record that sounds like Victim in Pain, go listen it's to fucking Victim, Victim in Pain. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Like, we're not going to do the same shit every record. Yeah. It's like, you know, so... Yeah, so, you know, obviously the personnel in Hazen Street, it just doesn't sound like any of those particular bands, which it shouldn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and yeah. then uh, on a call, on, on a layover in Minneapolis, um, flying out to Denver, I got a call from an unknown number, picked it up, and it was the tour manager for Slayer asking me if I was available. And that's when I was like, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> no shit. So what record? So what record is this? This was at the tail end of God hates us all. I was just gonna say God hates us all. Yes. Fuck, man. Now, all right. You you started out as a metalhead in your little metal band in your basement, like, like me. I started out as a fucking full blown metalhead, and oh, I yeah, have a hundred percent. My sister was six six years older than me. I grew up around all the stupid hair metal and shit like that in the house. And then I love hair metal. 
Bro, I started I, out with hair metal. So. Yeah, didn't we all? A lot of people won't admit that, bro. I start. Oh, I, absolutely. I I loved um, Guns N' Roses and Skid Row with my my the main two bands. Right. Okay. And then I started getting into like you know Poison, all the other stuff. Yeah. And then someone gave you know I, I discovered Metallica, and that's when I started right. shifting to the heavier stuff. Right. So, Same here. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like the first thing was I've told this a million times on the podcast, but I don't give a shit. I had a babysitter. I was like nine years old. And she had Motley Crue shout at the devil on vinyl. Yeah. And as a nine-year-old, that's like my generation's kiss. You know, you look at it, pentagrams and fire and crazy. Like, it blew my mind. There's a little nine-year-old kid. It was that and Twisted Sister Stay Hungry. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so to be fair, I did listen to that. So when I was about five or six, my cousin had put me on the Motley Crue. Right. And then my brother ended up putting me on the Twisted Sister, I think. But then I ended up, you know, liking more of the pop stuff. I was listening to like Madonna or whatever the hell was popular. Yeah, dude. Or of course. Michael Jackson, whatever. Right. Of course. And then um, that's I discovered Guns N' Roses. And that's when I started turning more to, like, to rock. Right. right. You know, whatever. Right. Guitar, you know what I mean? Guitar or anything. Uh, guitar stuff. Right. Yeah. Guitar bands and stuff like that. Sure. And, uh, and then, you know, boom, I just went heavier and heavier. Right. So. Yeah, same here. It's like, and then yeah. I grew up also in the age of, of Headbangers Ball. So you put on Headbangers Ball, and it's like, that's how I discovered Pantera. That's how I discovered Pantera. That's how a lot of us discovered yeah. Pantera. No internet, no nothing. Next, you know, yeah. Cowboys from Hell comes on. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So, and then I went to Lemoore's in 1990. I was 14, and I went to go see Suicidal on the Lights Camera Revolution tour. And the lineup was White Zombie, Leeway, Suicidal. That's now, I, ridiculous. So now, White Zombie wasn't even really known yet. They didn't sign to Geffen yet. It was, nope. yeah, it was yeah, a butthead yep. shit yet. They were and like a New York fan. People don't know that. They looked like four homeless people. Yeah, yeah. They did. And Leeway came on. I had heard of them. <laughs> I've seen them on flies. I never heard a note. I never been to a Leeway show. They opened up with an early version of Future Ain't What It Used To Be, the last song on Desperate Measures. Then they kicked into Rise and Fall. And as soon as that shit happened, I saw Lamore's explode. And then I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) What's going on right now? And then I went to this little local spot in Brooklyn in Canarsie called Ciro's CD Cellar. It was right across the street from my junior high school. I walked in there. I bought Born to Expire. And he was like, listen, if you like this, take this. And he sold me Agnostic Front, Liberty, and Justice for. Nice. So it was perfect because I was a metalhead and they're both very crossover records into hardcore. So that's how I yeah. got into the hardcore thing. And then I went in reverse with Agnostic Front. I got Cause for Alarm and then I got Victim in Pain. And then, and yeah, then it, was, it was funny because when I was a metalhead, uh, somebody put me on to Leeway because they, they had that song Kingpin was on MTV a lot, right? So you sure. see it all the time. And I kind of, you know, I was like, eh, it's okay, you know? I ended up not liking him until later on, right? right. I, I like literally later, later on. Like for me, I was an agnostic front guy. Right. I was. I got into Chromags afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got into Chromags later on too, man. Because yeah. I wasn't around in '86 when they dropped yeah. Age of Quarrel. Like, yeah. I, I was. I, I was agnostic front, um, Madball, and Killing Time. Right. Those were the bands to me. Like, oh, dude, yeah. These were the bands. You know what I mean? So, shout out to Anthony. Fucking yes. Shout out to Killing Time guys. Right. Yeah, so, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, Brightside, one of the greatest records ever. The hardest record, man. <laughs> it's fucking stupid, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fuck. So now, where the fuck were we before we started talking about that? We were, um, uh, oh, God hates us all. Okay. Um, so, then, so then you got the call from an unknown number, and then, of course, you go to link up with the Slayer guys. Yeah, so I get the gig. Um, I basically had to leave the Hazel Street tour, right? right. So I got to Denver. Hey, guys. Sorry. It had to have understood, <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. oh that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, that's man. what I was going to ask. I was like, because you were a metalhead. So now once you get this Slayer gig, like, that must have been like this holy shit, how the fuck did I wind up here kind of moment. So I ended up doing, like, so the tour I did with them with Sick of It All with uh, Biohazard. I ended up doing a tour with them with Hatebreed as well. And um, that was like, it was like, yeah. Like, the first, the Sick of It All tour, I remember just being like, wow, I want to work for this band. Like, you know, this is great. Like, this is, you know. Machine, they're fucking machine. Yeah, it was just everything was just you know everyone was cool. Like it was you know, and then um, you know I didn't strive for it, but like that's it just ended up happening that way, right? So the guy, look, I I did that tour with them with Avery, and right after that, um, the guy that was take care of Jeff and Tom got a call to do Guns N' Roses, so he left. That position opened up. Boom, my name got dropped in the hat. Right. So and also look. My two best friends in the world were, uh, was all the guitar tech and the drum tech. So, nice. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, you know, those guys pulled me in, right? So. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, now how many times did you tour the fucking world over with that band, man? I mean, how many legs, how many tours, how many records? <laughs> eight, eight. I, I was with the band 16 years. So Jesus Christ. Everything from God Hates Us All to the end. And I missed maybe, let's say, I want to like, say I missed like maybe four tours, right? At all that time. So Jesus. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. Like yeah. every night, just like it's incredible. We did uh, I I got um we ended up doing a lot of like first I did a lot of first times with that with the, with Slayer, right? The first time in Colombia. First time in really? India, first time in Singapore, right? You know what I mean? So that was. Oh, cool. yeah, but those must have been fucking chaos. Oh, yeah. Shows were cr- ridiculous. To go anytime we were somewhere for the first time, it was, you know, yeah. it was bound to be like, all right, this place is going to be crazy. Oh, so, well, yeah. Well, everybody knows. I mean, it's common knowledge that Slayer fans as a whole are all savages anyway. Exactly. You know so, I mean? you know, you know, so you yeah. put Colombia into the mix. Yeah, where, you know, the, the, the kid in Colombia probably waited his whole fucking life to see Slayer. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, he did. Whereas, as the kid in the U.S. has seen Slayer two or three times, right? So, For sure. Or the kid in Europe, you know, wherever, right? So, yeah, absolutely. They're hungry for it that way, you know? Yeah, they, they appreciate it more, right? So. Seems like that. Like, I think we're a little spoiled here, bro. You know what I mean? Because I hear stories all the time about South America and Europe. They seem like they appreciate the music a lot more than we do. Like, yeah, well, Europe... Europe, it's, 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 you know, part of their culture, right? When you go to Europe every summer, they have these humongous festivals, you know what I mean? And there's never an incidence, you know, there's minor incidents, I'm sure, but there's never yeah. anything major, right? And it happens every year and it's cool. You know, the last time that we tried to do that in the U.S. was Woodstock. Look what happened, right? I was so, there. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, um, we don't know how to fucking act. Right? No, we don't know how to act. That's why we don't get shit like that, you know? It's in true. America, you can't have a bill like Slayer and Aerosmith because, you know, it no. just won't go over. Where it gets it won't go. In Europe, 
we I did a show like that. It was you know I, would, I did a fuck we did a show with fucking uh 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 Bob uh Neil Young in yeah. Belgium. Like you know what I mean? We, you know, we did a show Slayer with, and Neil Young. It's yeah. the weirdest shit, but it works. You know I mean? Yeah, we did a show with that that um we did a show with Jay Z in Denmark. It was us and Jay Z. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> like, That's you know fucking I mean? awesome. Like yeah, I would so go to that. Yeah, like is that ever going to happen in the U.S.? Never. Never. Like, Never. Why? Like, if it can happen in Europe, why the fuck can't it happen, you know, here? I don't know. We're all fucked up over here, Warren. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it, you know? I don't so either. It's, it's, it's I won't be the asshole that's starting shit. I want to enjoy the show. But there's always going to be one jerk-off in the crowd that's going to start something. I don't get it. Me neither. Yeah. It can't be, can't be civilized over here, man. No, I mean, it's just fucking, you know, you can have your fucking one genre type of shows, and that's it, I guess, you know? So Right. It's fucking silly. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you how'd you wind up getting linked up with Rob Zombie? Um, I was out, we were on a Slayer tour, and we had a set carp on our crew that worked for Rob Zombie. He was Rob Zombie's set carp. And he turned to me one day and said, Hey, what are you doing after this tour? Because we were basically um shutting down. And uh I was like, Oh, nothing. He goes, well, Rob Zombie needs a bass set. Oh, really? Cool. Well, who's you know, who's the tour man? Oh, Frank Yarnage. Oh, Frank Yarnage. So I texted Frank Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look for a bass tech, you know? Yeah, you available? Yes. Fucking cool. Just like that. Yeah. That's fucking sick. That's yeah, awesome, that's, how, man. that's, you know, that's how it works, right? Yeah. It's a network. You just, you know. Yeah. Once you get your foot in the door, and then, you know, obviously the guys from Slayer liked you, and you obviously you made an impression, and then there you go. You know? I mean, I, mean, I didn't know shit when I, when I, I, I went, you know, I didn't know anything, like, technically. Right when I started with them, and then no? when I started working, no. I Were you know nervous? Like, like I can't. Yeah, Kerry King shit. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is fucking crazy. What am I even doing out here? Like, what is going out here? Right, and then the first time shit went out, it was like, well, how do you fix this? And she was like, figure it out. Oh, fuck. All right, cool. Uh, it, was, it was like on an Ozfest, and uh, oh, Martin Connors from the Slipknot crew, fucking, he hooked me up. He showed me how to solder. Right, show me how to change a pot. Okay, cool. That's how, how you do it. And I just right. kept having to do it, so I got better at it, right? So, ah. and then you know, something happened. So, you, oh, that's broken. Oh, it's got to get fixed. You got two hours to learn how to fix it. Oh, shit. Okay. Fix oh, it. fuck. <laughs> like Jeff Hanneman shit's <laughs> fucked up. And, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know what you mean? fix so, that shit. Like, yeah. They need to go on. That's crazy. And yeah. then, I mean, Jesus, I mean, I'm fucking. I'm rest pretty sure in the very beginning. They they questioned like they were like man I don't know <laughs> did we did we go did we make the right decision with this kid you know what I mean and yeah. I was fuck I was literally I knew nothing uh, I just I was there because of effort you know what I mean I was I, you know even they they even told me you know we know whatever you know you you have the ability to figure it out that's why yeah. we like you and that's why you're here right so we know uh, you're not you know you don't know all this shit but you, you know, you'll figure it they, out right? they put you know? faith in you yeah. That's good. They believed in you, bro. Yeah. And I stuck around. Fucking thank God. For, they kept me around for fucking 16 years. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of times I'm sure I should have been fired, yeah. right? So. <laughs> hey, listen. Fuck, man. And then, and then obviously, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, rest in peace, fucking Jeff Hanneman of all people. And then yeah. enter Gary Holt. Did you ever meet Gary Holt or did you know Gary beforehand? So what happened was basically, um, when they announced that Jeff wasn't going on tour, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm done. I guess that's it for me. Like, you know, Jeff yeah. was the one guy that always made sure I came back. Jeff for Tom. At that point, I think Tom had his own tech. 
right? So it was like, oh, I'm fucked. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, they, they got Gary to do it. And thank God Gary didn't have a regular tech that he used. Uh -huh. So Gary so was basically like, cool. Well, we got a guy, you're going to use him. You know? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So he, he called me, hey, you got, still got a gig, don't worry. You're not going anywhere. You know? Nice. Yeah, so thank you, you know, whatever. And then the first time I met Gary was at the airport flying to Australia to do our first show. Yeah, we just met on the, at the curb on the, you know, how you doing? I'm Warren. I'm, you know, he just, first thing he says, well, you know anything about Floyd, Floyd Rosie's? And I just kind of laughed and said, eh, a little bit. And we got on the plane and, you know, <laughs> and that's it, right? So that's how we first met. And we ended up, you know, I'm, I'm really tight with Gary. So he's a good Nice. Person. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm actually closer with Gary than I was with Jeff, even though we, I worked for each of those guys about the same time span. Yeah. But Jeff was a recluse, you know what I mean? He kept himself. Jeff oh really? Was, yeah, Jeff was rare, rare sightings of Jeff Hanneman. You know what I mean on tour, right? So really, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't want to be bothered. He just was, you know, quiet guy, right? Just like to hang, listen to his punk, punk rock, and drink his beer, right? So yeah, I don't blame him. I, I, I looked through his iPod one time, and uh, it was nothing but punk punk bands, right? So I was like, oh wow, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's infamous his guitar with the Dead Kennedys logo on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he was he was definitely the punk influence in that band, right? So, yeah, oh, hundred percent. I'm pretty sure for that the the punk record, I forget what it's called. Uh, Undisputed Attitude. Yeah, it, um, he probably he picked most of those songs. Like, oh, sure oh Kerry, Kerry 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 and all that. Shit. Yeah, I'm sure. I asked Kerry, like, hey, who you know who picked the songs for that? Like, Jeff, it's guys, I figured. Yeah, I figured that. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking great, man. But yeah, what what a fucking what a guy to fucking be working with, and bro, legends, bro, they're all legends. And yeah. well, I ended up I ended up doing oh oh I took care of Tom, Carrie, and Jeff at one point, right? Everyone. Jesus, so I, I I floated around, right? So yeah, you know you're popping all over the fucking well, place. When the other guy couldn't do it, well, the first thing was because it was me and Army, right? Rest in peace, Army Crump. Um, it was he did carry. I took care of Tom and Jeff, right? So we made sure we knew each other's rigs and gear. So if right. anything ever happened, we knew what to do. Like we could show sure. someone or, or whatever. And what would happen is, um, I would get swapped, right? If Armin something happened, to Armin, boom, they would they move me to stage left to take care of Carrie, right? Right. And then bring someone else and take care of Tom or Jeff, or like, you know, whatever the situation was. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and at one point when I was just taking care of Tom, we were going through, like, I think we went through like three guys for Jeff. We just couldn't find them. Like, dude, you show up, you get fired one show, whatever it was. Like, it just, you know, and at one point I had to, you know, go back. All right. I remember Jeff pulled me on the bus, but yeah, <laughs> just take care of me. You know, until we find someone, you got to deal with this. Like, right. <laughs> you got to deal. Because at that point, at that point, I was stage manager. So I couldn't take care of all three. I couldn't do all three of those jobs. Right. Right. So. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, so it was crazy, right? So, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, like to sit back and look back and think about all that stuff, it's got to be incredible, man. You it's know, it's been very adventurous. I've been on a lot of planes, been to a lot of countries, met a lot of fucking cool people. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was, I, it was very cool. Every summer we, we got to do the festival circuit and you would see, you know, I, I've seen bands I would never see live. Oh, right? Because we wouldn't, you know, we don't wouldn't play with them in the States, right? So, right. you know what I mean? 
it's like there's that's one thing I've, I've never been i mean besides woodstock 99 a couple of Lollapaloozas, i never been to a european festival ever in my life and it's a bucket list i don't care if i just go to one yeah, i just i've just never been I, i've heard they're incredible but i came really close in 2009 to going to with full force in Germany, or, 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 or go to Hellfest, right? Those are the two, you know, fun metal festivals. Right? Yeah, but my daughter was just, just born. I mean, she was the size of a football, and yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't go to Germany and have my ex-wife with the new. I, I would have, yeah, yeah. I would have been having a really good time at the show, but in the back of my head, I would feel yeah. like shit. You yeah, know, yeah. can't do yeah. that. So, blown opportunity. Oh well. Yeah. So now, I, left, I, think, I want to say I, le- I left at like a month after my kid was born. I left my okay, kid, like a year. <laughs> well, that was well. That's your job. It wasn't my job. Like I'm just going to fuck off and have fun. You know what I mean? If it was yeah. my job, a different story. At least like it's a legitimate excuse. You know. I, I also ended up working for Lamb of God and Slipknot. Right, those two bands. I always forget about those two bands. Right? So, How can you forget about those two bands? I don't know because I just because there's so much. <laughs> no, I just yeah, it's like I won't like oh yeah okay all right yeah I worked for them too right so short periods right so it wasn't long term that's why yeah but still I mean I mean also Meshuga Atreyu Seven Dust yeah. yeah Seven Dust was fucking nuts because I took care of all three guys and they have I don't know if anyone knows about so they have like you know five different tunings and it's, it's oh. all open tunings and. It's crazy. You know, nothing's standard. <laughs> no, of course not. Why would it nothing's be? Nothing's like, you know, nothing's like, oh, just, you know, tune to this. Oh, okay, cool. It was like, no, they tuned like to this. I had a sheet, like they had like, you know, all the tunings written out. It was crazy, right? So, really? Yeah, it was, it was nuts, man. It was fun. <laughs> those guys are fun to work for, right? So, okay. Those guys, man. They're, they're, it was, I've been lucky. They were one of my favorite bands, right? So, I ended up working for them. Yeah. You know, so. Fucking great, man. Yeah. So now I want to go back a little bit to the creation of and the idea behind Pitchfork Hardware. All right. Um, I see. I don't know the origins of it. All I know is that one day I went to like I don't know a Super Bowl of Hardcore, Black and Blue Bowl. It was Super Bowl of Hardcore at the time. Well, Black and Blue Bowl now. And next thing you know, there's Pitchfork shit everywhere. I'm like, okay. That that was my first introduction, so I have no idea about the history or anything about it. So basically, that started. Um, say it was man, it was right when I started. My like, I, at one point when I started work for Hatebreed, it was supposed to be a summer gig, right? You know what okay. I mean? I was supposed to do the, the Ozfest. I did the Ozfest, and then I was just supposed to go home and go back to college, and you know, go back to whatever, right? And then because yeah. uh, it was, I started touring. And then I stopped. I, I was like, all right, this is not working out. I got to do, I got to get a real job. I got to do something, right? So I went to college for a little bit and, and then I would do tours in between, take a semester off, do a tour, whatever. So that Ozfest was literally a summer job. And it turned, I, I ended up linking up with the Hapery guys on that tour, going with them, and that turned into three years. All of a sudden, it just turned like, you know what I mean? Three years went by, like, whoa, there it goes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that that's, that's that, right? So right. It, it goes quick, right? Because next, you know, you just, you know, they, and that was right when they were blowing up and they were getting shit added. Hey, by the way, we're doing this, we're doing that. Yeah. And fucking maniac and just keep adding shows and tours. And tours. Of you know course. I mean? so, yeah. That, I mean, dude, they were the ultimate road dogs. I think we did 320 shows. Right? 
in a year. In one year, 320 Fuck. shows in one year. So it's 365 days a year. So yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's fucking something, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that doesn't count travel days. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Of course not. Days off in, in, in the tour, if you have days off or something, right? So we were home probably that year, I don't know, three weeks. Oof. One. <laughs> if that. If that. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Running your ragged, Warren. <laughs> no, nah, it was, you know, it was fun, man. I was just happy, you know. Yeah, it was I was happy to be there, man. Was, you know, at that point, it's like, you, what the fuck you got, to, you know, to be mad about, right? Well, yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you know, you're away, man. You're fucking, you're in the mix, man. You know, you're, yeah. you're fucking traveling. You're doing the shit that everyone, you know, would love to fucking do, and you're doing yeah. it on someone else's dime, and you're meeting all kinds of people, and you're at shows, and you're around people that you know that you that you respect, and your friends. So, yeah. I mean, As, you know. I don't, I can't, eat, out, of, out of all the flights I've taken, I've I paid for none of them. <laughs> so, right. That's incredible. Yeah. Hotels I've stayed, I haven't paid for any of that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah. It's fucking it's fortunate, flight, right? man. Yes. But you work right. hard for it. It's a big, there's a big trade-off, you know what I mean? Sure. But of it, course. It, it just depends, what, you know, how you want to, like, I, you know, it's up to you, right? Yeah. You know, Listen, you sacrifice being home. All right, fine. Whatever. You sacrifice Listen, you might not get good sleep and you're exhausted, but the payoff is is incredible, bro. And 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 like you said, it's a, an adventurous life to you know to the, to put it lightly. The the thing you can never um, the one thing I'm very uh, grateful for was the experience. Right? Of course, fuck. You know what I mean, being because you know someone that's never left New York, and what the fuck do you know about life, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whereas you know. All the shit that you read about in the paper and see on TV, I, I've been to those places. I've seen the shit. I, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's you know someone who never left New York, who's going to little Sunday matinees, whatever. Next thing you know, fast forward, and you're about to get on a plane to go to Australia, and you're meeting Gary Holt because you're gonna work for the guy. Yeah, so it's it's it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, the experience is something that you can never ever um, trade it for anything else. You know what I mean? That's the best. That's 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 your reward, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. So now, so now, how did you come up with Pitchform? Okay, so Pitchform, um, we so I was in the middle of that crazy fucking cycle, and me and LD would talk here and there. We you know we start about you know clothing. At one point, I was supposed to move to California to, to start a clothing company, but me and LD started talking, and we figured I, it was like, hey, it started out. The idea was like, if I wore a band shirt every day on 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 tour, like you know, I was working for Avery. You know, that band would probably get a little, you know, um, notoriety, right? Just because people wondered, people, how many people see the shirt? And, well, what is that? You know what I mean? Oh. So that's where, it, it, you know, we were like, hey, what if we started a clothing company and I wore it on stage every night while well, I worked, while well, I worked, and it could probably make some noise, you know? Yeah. And uh, I left on tour. LD drew up a bunch of shit. I came back. We funded it. And we started, we started doing it, right? We printed out. So this is a crazy story. The first original, first time we printed shirts, um, we had a guy like so that was doing it out of the basement of his house or whatever, right? And sure. and we paid him, and we we're waiting on the shirts. And next thing you know, the guy ghosted. Uh, like, hey, what the fuck? Like, oh man, it sucks. You know what I mean? We got fucking. We just you know paid for all this shit. We got to start over, and we we're kind of hounding this dude. And then next thing you know. He gets back to us. Oh man, sorry guys. He, he got hit by a fucking train. By 
so he fell into a subway track, got hit by a subway. Obviously, oh survived. shit! Yeah, so we're like, oh my god, like sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Like, the shirts, whatever. Cool. <laughs> yeah, man. You know? Yeah, so that that delayed that by like probably like six months or something, a year. Even. I don't know, what, but that's a, that's the first time, and we finally got those prints. Those were the first shirts we ever printed. The by the guy who got hit by a train, you yeah, thought like, he you and ghosted you. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. <laughs> and then maybe a year after that, I want to say um, Narc uh, or slash Mike, he, he jumped in the mix and then the three of us kind of, you know, we took that off and, and that's, we just started doing stuff, putting designs out. Those two guys are all ex-graffiti guys, you know what I mean? So those guys came up with the designs yeah. and I was always the guy that, you know, got guys to wear. I was out in the mix, you know what I mean? Wore the shirts or whatever, right? So yeah. Nice. And, and and so so what year was it actually quote unquote established? Because it's it's going from 2003, I think. Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? That's 18 years already. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're starting to come up with cool shit for uh uh the 20 year. Yeah. Nice. Little yeah. collaborations with Hoya Rock here and there. Yeah, we do, you know, we did the collaboration with uh Omerta too, our buddies clothing line. Everyone yeah. that put out too, right? Um we do, you know, a, a AF collab. We did a couple collabs, right? So Mad yeah. collab. Yeah, it's cool. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I've had, I don't know how many fucking Pitchfork shirts over the years. A ton of them. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Um, so, so, you know what? You know what? Before we go into, like, social media and promoting all that stuff, let me just throw out my sponsors right quick. Yeah, no problem. All right. Are you a coffee guy? I'm not. I'm not You're not? Guy. Yeah, you drink tea? Yeah, I drink tea. All right, all right, so, all right. So same shit. Well, kind of. Dead Sled Coffee is one of the sponsors. Um, okay. Dead Sled Coffee on Instagram, and if you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you'll get twenty percent off your order, and any order over sixty dollars is is uh, free domestic shipping. But what's dope about them, bro? They like they they're a small company, but they do like really cool big shit. Like they have a a coffee blend. With it's a wisdom and chains blend, the band wisdom and chains. Oh, nice. They did something with the toasters, the legendary New York City ska band. Um, but they do a lot of horror stuff too, like officially licensed shit with like Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger, and Elvira. And they just, bro, they just did a Cypress Hill blend. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. And they just did, it's like they come, it comes in four different collectors' bags, I guess, with fucking kiss. So they, they, they're a small little company, but they do some really cool shit. And it's not like this snooty nose in the air type Starbucks shit. You know what I mean? So they're just a small company. And like I said, they do really cool shit. So, so check them out and just follow them on Instagram at that's like coffee. Second one, you know, this place sponsor of the podcast generation records. Fucking best record store in New York, man. Bro, the best. Since 92, they survived this whole COVID thing. So they're located, for the people listening and watching, 210 Thompson Street in the West Village here in New York City. Um, if you can't get to the actual store, if you go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com, they have all kinds of shit online that you can order. Follow them on Instagram. Yes, they do. The like half of the basement is all merch. They got pitchfork shit. Any band under the sun, from Slayer to AF to local. So, as our age, right, we remember going to those like metal stores where you know that 
that's like one of the last places where you can actually go and get real cool stuff. Like, Fuck it, yeah, they're the last kids on the block. Right, you know, so absolutely. So support them, 210 Thompson Street in the West Village in New York City, and follow them on Instagram at Generation Records. And last but not least, and it's it's hopefully it's not a conflict of interest. It's New Republic Printing um, for. It's all uh, good. I'm <laughs> just saying. Um, yeah, it's a- screen printing, embroidery, vinyl stickers, and buttons. You go to newrepublicprinting.net. There's a drop down menu. Any kind of brand clothing, shirts, whatever that you want, shit printed on, they'll print it for you. Um, what's cool about them? I've been using them on and off. It, what I got to say is the three sponsors that I do have, I've been using since before the podcast was even yeah. a phone. Cool. So that's why they're a sponsor, right? So that's yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they're small local businesses. Um, so but with New Republic Printing, there's no setup fees, there's no screen fees, which is ridiculous. And then if you have your order delivered to any commercial address, mm-hmm. it's free UPS ground shipping. So you can get 10,000 shirts made and get five, 500 boxes delivered to, I don't know, your job, and it doesn't cost you a dime. So nice. New Republic Printing on Instagram. So thank you. Dead Slate Coffee, New Republic Printing, and Generation Records. Thanks for Go check me. all that stuff out. Everywhere. Yeah, 100%. Sport local businesses. And Pitchfork yeah. Hardware as well. It, what is it? Pitchfork NY on Instagram? Yeah, w- yep, Pitchfork NY. Nice. And what's the website? The website is www.pitchforkny.com. Nice. And now, now, what about Rick the Straps? I mean, I know you represent them, so we got to put them out there too, bro. Yeah. Let's talk about if, you know, anyone wants um, some, you know, cool ass, this is a new age of a type of straps. They got vegan straps, um, leather ones, you know what I mean? The wide ones, thin ones. It's a really cool strap company. Um, they, they make really cool shit. They're based out of Germany. They got fucking awesome ideas. I just did a signature one uh, series with um, with uh, Cannibal Corpse. I helped make that happen. Nice. So if you want to go check that out, the you know, uh, website is www.richterstraps.com. Awesome. Richter at R-I-C-H-T-E-R. Right? All right. So, <clears throat> shout out to the CEO of Richter Straps, Lars. He's a great dude. We um, I helped actually uh, connect him and Gary Holt. And then, you know, the, uh, they did the signature strap for for Gary, and we, you know, we would talk o- over over the, uh, the years or whatever. And then eventually we talked, and he said, "Hey, you know, come do some sales stuff for us." Like, hey, absolutely, I would love to. Right? So sure. I love, you know, I love doing stuff for them. I stand behind the product; they make real good shit. Um, yeah. I just got Madball endorsed. Um, Beautiful. Sick, sick of it all, yeah. sheer terror, right? So nice. yeah, yeah. Good you know? shit, man. Yeah, dude. So. So now, and, and so do you want, I mean, I know you have a personal Instagram. I don't know if you want to put out your personal Instagram page or not. I mean. Yeah, it's uh, I underscore M underscore me underscore NYC. I am me. Yeah. I am yeah. me NYC underscore, right? It's all underscores. In between, right. So. But yeah, you know, the, the kids nowadays, you just type in I am me, it'll come up. Yeah, there you go. It's 2021. <laughs> we shouldn't have to explain they'll it. They'll yeah, they'll, they'll find. They'll find where I live. They'll find all this crazy shit. Yo, it's crazy, right? <laughs> How it is. If you're out there, that's it's going to happen, you know? So. 100%, man. Well, good shit, man. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to touch on? Anything that you're doing? Anything you're about to go? I know that this the world is fucking crazy with this whole virus thing. So. Yeah. Is there anything that's like in the works that you're working on or um, plan to yeah. go out on the road? 
No, I am 100% fully fucking retired unless somebody cool calls me and uh, I, I do like favors, you know what I mean, or something. Like who, who, who is quote unquote somebody cool? Who would that be? The Deftones. All right. <laughs> but they, they wouldn't call me because those are my homies, right? They got people already. So but okay. if they call me, I would consider. Right. right. All right. Or, you know, and in fact, you know what? I've I've been I've been taking calls. Um, I've turned down a few calls, and um, I have been taking calls. There's, you know, hey, if there's something that's really cool and they got the waving the right amount of money, yeah, I, I might do it. But at this point in my life, I'm I'm retired, right? So I'm a, I'm a local one stagehand, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't got time to do all this bullshit. All right. I also do I also do real estate. That's right, right. you yeah. do yeah. heavy realty. Yes, if you if everyone wants to check out uh www.heavyrealty.com it's basically a referral networking site for real estate and music. Like people that are involved in music as well as real estate. Um there's a list everyone go check out the website. We got uh Chris Beatty from Hatebreed. He's an agent, licensed agent in Connecticut. He's involved, right? You know what I mean? There's a bunch of, we got a bunch of cool uh, touring guys, tech guys or whatever, right? Okay. Um, Jessica Martin, Sean Martin from Hatebreed, his ex, his um, ex-Hatebreed or whatever, his wife, she's a realtor in, in Connecticut, Massachusetts. She's on, you know, she's on there. It's, it's uh, if anyone wants to do anything with real estate, go to the, check out the website and we can get, you know, where, wherever it is, whatever it is, we can help you get it done, right? So. Oh, that's awesome. Is there an Instagram page for it? Uh, yes, Heavy Realty. Beautiful. Yeah, everyone go please check that out, right? So Yeah, that's yeah. good, man. And I guess by the, by the time this episode airs, too, um, we'll have uh, two new releases, two new designs on Pitchfork, so everyone go check out the website there. So. Oh, 100%, without a doubt. Good shit, man. Well, listen, Warren, we're going over a little bit over an hour, but whatever, I don't have a time limit, but... Listen, man, I, I, I appreciate your time. I'm glad that you took the time out to bullshit with me. Anytime, dude. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm very honored that you considered to have me. I've, I've seen your, your list of guests. and Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm just some dude, right? Those, those people, you know? Yeah, <laughs> listen, at the end of the day, everyone is just some dude. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure, I it's true. Like, like, listen, I'll be honest. Like, there's a few people that I had on that, as I'm speaking to them, I'm in my head like, how the fuck am I speaking to this person right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I grew up like on all the thrash stuff. So like when I hit, I hit up Sean Killian from Violence. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. Mass is one of the hardest records. Bro, one ever. of my favorites oh my ever. God. Yes. Absolutely. So I hit him up and I'm like, you know, uh, you know, sorry to bother you. You know, would you consider? He was like, sure, dude. And then, like, I had him on. He's like, I'm like, dude, like, like, thank you so much. He's like, for what? He's like, to come on the show and promote my band? He's like, yeah. absolutely. I'm yeah. like, like, he's a real regular guy. But me, my 14-year-old self, was going crazy in my head yeah. talking with this guy. You know what I mean? And then from there, I had, like, Phil Demel on. I had, like, all the violence guys on. Yeah. And then, you know, like, fucking... There's so many people, even like Ivan DeProom from White Zombie, like like all these bands I grew up watching and listening to, you know, it's it's just really cool. And yeah. I'm grateful for whatever. You're I'm, not just some dude, bro. Like you, you, you've done incredible shit. So don't sell I'm, yourself I'm, short, bro. All right, thank you, but I'm I'm lucky to to have experienced everything. Like you said, I've been, man, I'm I'm 
like I'm friends with half of my childhood idols. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's sometimes it's fucking surreal, right? So yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Cool. I'm, I'm blessed and lucky, right? So it, it, it took a lot of hard work and uh, sa- sacrifice to get there, but it yeah. was, it's fucking work. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it. You know, it wouldn't change it for anything, right? So I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. Awesome, dude. Well, listen, we'll definitely be in touch once. Once I'm almost done with your flyer, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you when I'm done with it. Let me know if you want me to take anything out or edit it or whatever. Um, but it came out pretty dope so far. And, um, once this drops, I'll tag you everywhere on the pitchfork page and all that. Yeah. shit. Just let me know. Send me a text. You got, I'll send you my number. So you have my info. Sounds good. Yeah. Just yeah. shoot. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll message you on Facebook. I'll send you my number. Just shoot me a text back. I'll put you in my phone and that'll be that man. Yep. Awesome. Go, thank you thank you again for having me on bro anytime bro this was awesome all right cool stay safe my man later take care man thank you peace